This podcast is for adults only. If you're under 18, please visit scarleteen.com for more information about sex education. Hey, and thanks for downloading another episode. The big fundraiser to keep the podcast going for another year is uh, is in, in effect. You can go to massacast.com and there are benefits. Like if you donate $200 or more, you can hang out with uh, Mistress Crimson from Chicago. More details are on, on uh, the web. Or you can listen to the last episode where she talks about it herself. Uh, and I'm told other people are going to be donating their time and other things uh, as well. So if you donate, let's say, you know, 100 bucks today and then... Two weeks from now, someone says, hey, I'd like to have an incentive for people donate hundred bucks. You'll be first in line for that. So you'll get, you'll, you'll get, you know, it'll be retroactive. Uh, Massacast.com, click on the donate, then you'll see it. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. We're already at like 20%. And uh, it's really nice uh, of the, all the people who have been donating so far. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Every time someone donates, I'm still, I'm still surprised. I'm shocked. I'm like, Jesus, really? Someone donated to the... That's really, really... Wow. Uh, I'm so glad that you like it. Uh, listener email. Here we go. Someone emailed me on FetLife. You can go you know, Massacast on FetLife or same thing on Twitter or Massacast at gmail.com. Uh, here we go. First, uh, let me say thank you for uh, producing a great podcast. I'm a longtime listener and look forward to each new episode. I'm also a recent contributor to your current fundraising drive. I'd like to offer a mild critique as a representative from what is likely a very small proportion of your listening audience. Uh, One of the themes that has come up occasionally on your show seems to be the belief that a person holds conservative values and political perspectives and or religious ones. They must A, not be kinky, B, be opposed to alternative sexuality, and C, be dogmatic and unenlightened as someone who is kinky, religious, and holds generally conservative values. Like I said, I'm probably a minority of your audience. I find those momentary digressions in your podcast difficult to listen to, although I'm quite cognizant of the fact that, in general, conservatives tend to be hostile towards alternative sexualities. It is certainly not monolithically so. Um, obviously, you know, I, I don't want to make it uncomfortable for people to listen. Um, but when I do make... It's probably... And it's most, most likely they're cheap jokes when it, when it happens. Um... But when I do make fun of someone, or if I do make a you know a Republican or a or a religious uh, joke, or a you know low blow, I'm clearly not talking about you. I'm not saying all religious people and conservative people are jerks towards alternative sexualities. I am saying that a vast majority of people who are jerks towards people of alternative sexualities. A vast majority of them are either religious or conservative or both. But uh, clearly I'm not talking about you. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're probably low blows. Know that, you know, just about everyone is going to be offended by something that happens on the show at at one point or another. And that's just the nature of these shows. But uh, thank you for your email. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, because I replied back to you. Certainly don't want to offend. But at the same time, you know, it's just it's a low blow. It's an easy shot, and sometimes i got to take it. So. Uh, this episode, uh, it's a conversation with uh, a friend of a friend. Someone said, oh, you've got to interview her. She'd be great. Iris Enchanted uh, is uh, her username on Twitter and on FetLife. You can find her there. Uh, we had a really good conversation, a lot of fun. So here it is. Take a listen. We were, we were talking about 
why you don't like <laughs> DC. Why I didn't like DC. You didn't like DC. Yeah, so growing up in it, um, I grew up surrounded by politics. Uh, so that was my family, my neighbors. Um, and so that meant that I grew up around a lot of very power-hungry people. And when people become obsessed with something like power or money where it doesn't really have necessarily an end goal, then they just start working for more and more and more. Um, and they tend to kind of lose sight of maybe why they were originally working for it. And so I just found a lot of people who were like unhappy and didn't really spend much time with their families or friends or whatever. Um, and it's also a lot like New York. It's a very expensive place to live. And so there are a lot of people who, by default of that, are working so much that it doesn't seem like they can really enjoy the area that they're living in. So I, uh, I left for college. I went out and kind of traveled across the Midwest, um, and uh, I had decided that I was probably never going to come back. Um, but then I, I broke my leg pretty badly, and I came back out in the I'm only winter. smiling because you were smiling when you said it. Yeah. <laughs> I was broken for so long. It was so long. How long was your leg broken? Oh God. Um, I broke it in September and I didn't have health insurance. And I think it was around May that they told me to stop getting x-rayed where I still wasn't completely healed yet. Um, but they were like, you're healed enough that unless you hurt yourself again, don't come back. And then like three weeks later I, f- I fell and I thought that I had broken my toe. Oh, and so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to be, to be done with all of that. Cause I was on bed rest. I, when I first moved out to DC, I actually, um, I, I was usually in a wheelchair. Um, and then eventually I had crutches and a walker and all of these other things. But when I entered the community, when I actually entered the scene, um, I was like literally being carried around. Um, and so <laughs> luckily <laughs> it meant that when I did come back, I, I thought that I was going to be here kind of just until I got through healing and through the winter. Um, and I met a bunch of people in the community and, uh, they were really set on making sure that I was able to like go to munches and happy hours and things like that. And it made it where, I, I by no means dove into play. I, I actually kind of just learned and observed for about six months before I started playing. Um, so it made this really great. We would have it so much easier. It was like, I waited, you know, I waited six months before I started playing. Oh, yeah, oh really? You think that was easy? <laughs> but you did it by choice. Sort of. Sort of. Yes, I, well, that's the know, point. That's the point of what I'm saying. It was only sort of by choice, though, because I was, I was so broke. Like, I broke my, I broke my tibia in three places. Right. Well, that's so, good. Sure. Yeah. So I, I was so broken that, like, I kind of didn't need somebody else to inflict pain on me. I was getting enough of that. Um, as it was but it meant that I I was able to take time and really get to know people out out there and um, what I found was this incredible community like unbelievable um, also kinky queer poly whatever Um, and they're just this giant family I've heard DC has a pretty interesting scene I, I'm amazed by it, and it's something that when I first uh, started coming up after after coming into the the community there, uh, when I started coming up to New York, um, which was pretty recently, um, 
I was honestly a little disappointed uh, because I'm so used to this like super vibrant, really intertwined um, group that like shares education and shares resources and like really promotes each other. Um, and the play there is fairly intense, at least at least at a lot of at a lot of the parties, or maybe it's just where I'm going. Um, do you go to private parties or public? I, I rarely, rarely go to private parties. Um, I am a member, I'm a member of, I'm, I'm part of something called the Kraken's Lair. Um, so we do parties on the third Friday of the month. Um, and that, right, is that right after or before the Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> That's usually after care. Right, um, no, that just sounds like a, an inherently nerdy... <laughs> The Kraken's lair. The Kraken's lair, yes. The Kraken has awakened. The Orcs Meadow. (laughs) I'm Queen Lairling, so I guess that would be my my uh, my character in it. Um, But yeah, that that was something that was started by uh, Moko, who uh, he's he's the Moko behind Moko Jute, which is no idea what you're talking about, but okay. Arguably, some of the best Jute wrote. Like in the world, it's um, not that I. I'm not. That, that wasn't an insult. No, I'm just not. How dare I'm you? I'm just sir. not into Jewish rope. I mean, <laughs> well, I am I've here never, to educate. <laughs> I'm just. I, I'm just not well versed. It's almost like someone. Someone will talk about art, you know, because Zod's an artist, and she, you know. But so we'll be hanging around some other artists, and they'll say this is very similar to the. Juan Monsieur. Well, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea who that is. I'm like, what? <laughs> like personally offended that I don't, that I don't know who. Philippe Johannesburg is, and so it's not that it's not that I don't. He's not, he's not on my radar. None of it is on my radar. Well, I don't take offense. Okay, he good. he might come after you, sure. but um. Well, send us send a, send the podcast some jute, and then I'll be able to say, boy, this jute is awesome. But yeah, it, it was uh, people people like Moko who basically he's a he's um he he learned with you know like Lokai. Lokai is um part like of our community. Yeah, yeah, and a rope guy. Um, and uh, um, my awesome friend, Mr. Sean, who's basically just a vicious sadist. Um, so he's an educator, but he's just, he's like the dreamiest nightmare. <laughs> so, you, so you met these people and, and they kind of let you in their, their inner circle? Sort of, yeah. I, um, I had gone to Winter Fire, which is a Dark Odyssey event. Mm-hmm. Um, I was under I was under a woman's protection at the time. We were play partners, and uh, what does that mean? So, so people have no idea what that means. What does it um, under protection mean? What that meant, at least for me, was she sort of served as like a mentor. Yeah. So when uh, yeah, I was new and I was injured, and I'm a, a submissive female. Um, and so uh she's watching your back she was watching my back yeah, yeah. so it, it was really helpful for like when i did want to start playing finding events and having somebody to go with and then being introduced to people and and having some vetting like having somebody there who could let me know who she was comfortable with and then as i became friends with those people i could sort of exponentially that's awesome um, yeah it, it was it was really wonderful it was uh I, I highly recommend it if there's someone that you trust. It's hard to find a good mentor, you know, but yeah. It's, it is. It's good it, that you did. It but, is, and I was very lucky with that. Um, so I'm sorry I interrupted you. So you were at uh, Dark oh, Odyssey with her? Yes, I was I was uh, out at Dark Odyssey at Winterfire, and um, I, I had seen Mr. Sean's profile at one point in time and was basically like, okay, well, this is a man who loves blood. <laughs> and... Um, 
I saw him, I saw him do a scene out there that was like super fun. He had this, uh, this girl that was probably like 80 pounds soaking wet and he was just throwing her all over the place. And, um, like they were on a big mat and, uh, he like sat down and started punching her cunt and singing Taylor Swift. And there was something about this like big black man, like singing a country song, beating up on this little girl. And they were both like, they were both having so much fun. And so, um, I had, I had told him there how much I liked watching the scene and, um, we live near each other. And so after winter fire, I messaged him and started asking him questions and he was like, okay, I'm, we're just going to go out. Like, we're going to go out and sit down and talk. Um, and so we started like, you know, we went out for drinks and dinner um, and immediately we're like, wow, we're, we're friends. Like we're friends now. Um, and it was kind of funny because initially when we first met there, it was sort of unclear, like, you know, if we were like maybe looking at dating or playing or whatever. Um, and then he introduced me to his girlfriend, Arabelle. And I pretty much instantly fell in love with her. And so she's now also my girlfriend, Arabelle. We'll get into how that yeah. works later. But, but it, it basically that led to then um, I started going to, to play parties with them. Um, and uh, I, I did a lot of things carefully. I, I took my time and how I, and I still do. And, and how I play and who I play with. Connection's really important to me. Um, and experience, honestly, is very important to me um, in terms of at least if I'm going to be doing something like, for example, a suspension. I want to make sure that whoever's doing it, um, I'm not likely to get injured. Even if it may happen, it, it's not a high chance. So that led me to start asking like Mr. Sean to introduce me to Moco um, so that I could ask him to play. And, and so, and then it just, it snowballed. And when, when the Krakens, they had been doing smaller parties um, that I wasn't part of. And then they moved to this great space in Frederick, Maryland. Um, and when they moved out there, I went to the, the first party and uh, it was basically a place for, and there's there's a good number of Krakens, but a place for um, like heavier players to be able to play in public. So it gave them a place where they could play the way that they wanted without feeling judged or without worrying about a scene being interrupted. Because um, if they were doing like a really heavy but still consensual scene, um, that you know they would have problems at some places. Yeah. Um, and it also gave people an opportunity to approach these people. Because uh, a lot of the Krakens are educators. Um, a lot of them are known within the community for various things. Every time you say and Kraken, I, I imagine an actual <laughs> Kraken. As of, you should. There are plenty of Krakens there. I'm like, yeah, you should oh, see the lairlings, the little Krakens. baby Krakens. No, oh, no, they're no, vicious. Sure. Those are the ones. They're, they're hungrier. Yes, they're sure. very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so it, it's, a, it's a great space. And you, you, it sounds like you really... It didn't take you very long to get acclimated into the to the scene there. It didn't. Um, again, probably because of the amount of time that I spent like sitting and watching. Yeah. So it started with TNG happy hours, um, and then I started going to mass meetings, um, which was wonderful because I was really trying to figure out where I fit in all of it. And like the SM, the sadism and masochism part was very clear what that was. Uh, but and that that to me is a really awesome part of play. But I'm really not a masochist, um, or at least 
not the way that I've seen other people who like get like extreme pleasure out of pain. I get pleasure out of being obedient. Um, and so for me, it's really, it's the control thing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I t- I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah. And, and that, that made it easy for me to transition. And it's part of what did actually make it easier for me to hold off on play because, oh, well, you want to, you want to flog me? Well, I don't know if I really want to be flogged right now. <laughs> let's let's try that if I want you to flog me yeah. at some point in time. Or... Because if you meet the right person, you just want them to do anything. Absolutely. Right? You know, that's how it kind of, yeah, that's how abso- it works. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, having that, having that sort of gradual transition where, like, happy hours got me involved. And um, I started, I'm, I'm now, like, a greeter ambassador or whatever for DCTNG. Um, going to MAST was really great because it, it opened the door to, for me to start finding the massive amount of education that's available in the DC area. MAST stands for Masters and Slaves Together. It's a group, basically, that it deals more with the DS aspects of things, usually. Yes. At least it does in the New York chapter. So I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's uh, generally not play, um, generally not even very, like, sexually based. It's more about... Um, like we'll we'll have discussions about things like protocol and ritual, mm-hmm. um, and and how for people who are DS or MS oriented, um, who have that that power exchange kind of goes outside of physical play, um, it can be really great. And it's not a big community, and so having having people there who shared that uh, when I was still learning that about myself was amazing to find. Because that's something that. Um... With mast, if you go to a mast meeting, you're right. It's not as big as because because there is not a lot of sexy rope play or st- stuff like that happening, and because of that, you have to have a certain mindset in order to want to go to one of these types of meetings. Or if you do go, sometimes there's real people who go and they'll just go once because that's yeah, you know, <laughs> because they're thinking, oh, well, where's the crazy you know sexy play? But it's more about the spiritual aspect. It's more of the uh, DS aspect of it, uh, the master slave part of it. And um, a lot of people are kind of turned off by that, you know, because for them, it's all about the, you know, it's all about the kink itself. Absolutely. No judgment, but that's just how they are. Uh, And they have their meetings. They, uh, they, it's really great. I mean, I haven't gone in a few years, but it's really great where they will, they'll have a general discussion. Mm -hmm. And I, by the way, I served under general discussion in, in Nam. He was a great commander. (laughs) The, uh... They'll have a general discussion, and then they'll break off into the dominants in one circle, and then the submissives or slaves in the other circle. And then the, the, the idea being you can talk amongst others and get stuff off your chest or whatever like that and benefit the experience of others. When I would go, uh, this was very early on. It was actually uh, our mutual friend, Sir Eric, who, who suggested that I go. And uh, I would go, but I wasn't... They were talking about... Almost everyone there was in a serious DS romantic relationship, mm-hmm. and that just made me more bitter. Because I, mean, I was like, "Yeah, I don't have to fuck your time, you know, whatever." You know, I mean, I was like going like like showing up a stag on couples night. Yeah, yeah, kind of like yes, exactly. And I, I felt it. It just. Uh, it was great because I had friends there, obviously, and I had some experience and I had some knowledge about certain things. But uh, there was a little part of me that was a little just like. And I had aspects of DS in my life, don't get me wrong, but they weren't these romantic where they had sex involved with, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And part of me, I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I, <laughs> not, I mean, I, 
I'm just like, I wish I could have your problems. Then, you know, there'd be some woman like, yeah, you know, he sometimes he, we only have sex three times a week, and, you know, and it's hot, kinky, you know, and sometimes I, you know, I wish we had this kind of play instead. I'm like, yeah, you know, I wish I had your problems, lady. <laughs> It's almost like a millionaire talking about how they're jealous of the billionaires, you know. Yeah, but you know, the grass is always greener, man. So that's the thing. No, because no, no, the grass was not greener. They were not envious of me. They were not not like, oh, I wish I could be you alone and desperate. It's not, they weren't, it wasn't that, that wasn't the case at all. It, 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 it was a good try for you to make me try to <laughs> my past self feel better. Yeah, but see, if you had been, if you had been in that group, um, during that time, you very easily could have still seen other people's relationships and seen wherever you, whatever you wanted, whatever they wanted, and still picked out that couple. Yeah. And been like, oh, those assholes, they've got it all. Right. Right. <laughs> those assholes, they got it all. <laughs> but it, that's what community is all about. That's, that's right. Being jealous of the other people. <laughs> and, and now I could go and just feel superior to everyone. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> no, that's not true. But um, the uh, but yeah, you know, Mast is a great, great resource for people, and there's many chapters around. I suggest you look up your own chapter. I think. <laughs> so, um, you, it sounds like you found out that DS was a big part of who you were. Absolutely, um, and that again, I think, really helped with uh, taking time or being able to like be a little more careful in terms of physical play. Um, because it, physical play is awesome. <laughs> it's so great. But for me, it's, I, I don't like really do pick up play. Um, I, 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 like, again, just having somebody do like what I like to call like floggy, floggy, kissy, kissy, touchy, touchy, floggy, floggy, mm-hmm. touchy, touchy, kissy, kissy, floggy, floggy. Like that, that's boring to me. Um, and so being able to like recognize that that's really what what drew me to the lifestyle that that for me was the lifestyle that I wanted um and then being able to like see these couples um or or other people who you know um identified as slaves or as dominants or masters or submissives or whatever who had that mindset who may not have been um in a relationship at that time but realizing that with what went into it it really helps at this like there's no need to rush and like you can't push people into that mold and realizing sort of what a small community it was made it where like not jumping into a bunch of new relationships or things like that trying to like find that right person um it really set a great tone for me and how i came into the community um but it also was this giant relief to understand it because uh kind of trying to figure out like like so many of us do <laughs> you know that that turning point of, of why do I keep making these decisions and why do I keep winding up in these relationships and why am I unhappy in in these relationships that like on the outside are great um and and that was really missing um and there's parts of it that you know across the board uh i I think before we started all of this, I was kind of joking around about how indecisive I am. Um, but my friends know, like, like if we go out to eat, they're probably ordering my food. And if they don't, the waitress is going to pick for me. Um, I, it's, it's so, there's so many parts of me that, um, 
and, and so many reasons why this is appealing to me. Um, and, and now being able to like start to explore that more because that's really something that, um, like my, my relationship with, with Arabelle, our, our kink or our dynamic is like really based around loving each other and, and making each other happy and spoiling each other. It's, it's not quite like a DS or, or definitely not, definitely not an MS relationship Mm -hmm. at all. Um, and so it wasn't until recently actually with, with Eric pride that I started to get to play a little bit more with like this, the DS stuff, the protocol and, Mm -hmm. Um, the parts that for me, like, are the reason why I'm here. (laughs) It's funny because you, um, I was gonna, you actually answered, it sounded like you answered the question before I even asked it. And that was because, um, I know a lot of people who have no interest in DS. They have no interest in in the psychological, I mean, maybe in the, in the terms of a scene, yes, but not overall. Mm -hmm. Um, and those people, their itch is easily, I shouldn't say easily, their their itch, from my perspective, is a lot easier, easy to scratch because they, oh, they just want to experience a scene, they'll go out, they'll get flogged or whatever, and that's all they need, or, you know, they'll, they'll have a scene, and that'll be, that'll scratch the itch. Yes. Whereas if you're into DS, uh, you could still maybe play with someone, and it might be, there might be some aspects of DS in the scene, but it's not, uh, you know, deep. You're not, you know, being treated a certain way. You're not, be, you know, or whatever. And then when the scene is over, it feels like there's something. It goes back to like what most people consider to be normal. Right. Hey, buddy. You yeah. Know, so you can incorporate it in a scene, but it. Right. And and but even even so, because of that, I found when I was single, uh, that made me just more desperate to look for someone into DS and also. You can't just find that in casual play. And also, because it was known that was that I was looking for, there were a lot of people who would have been fine with just casual play, but were freaked out thinking that I was going to be like, you know, every time I saw them on my knees and, you know, or whatever, you know. Well, and see, I kind of got the other side of it. And it's part of why um, I had I had this friend, like, offer offer the protector label um, was there, there were people who were not necessarily DS or MS oriented, but who basically read it or interpreted it as like, oh, she'll do whatever I say. Like, I'm going to slap a collar around her neck and call her mine. Mm -hmm. And she'll, you know, wait on me hand and foot and this will be the greatest thing ever. And so um, that was something that uh, the the realization that I needed somebody who actually had that as part of them, because it really is for me, it's, it's, it's part of me. It's not, it's, it's not like just for a scene. Um, and, and again, I don't mean to try to downplay it when I say just for a scene, um, but within within those those relationships, it, 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 and it's varying levels on how it plays out. But that's the relationship, yeah. um, and so along with it being difficult to find, you've kind of got to make sure that that it really truly is like an honest and natural connection that's there because um, it doesn't turn off. Did you find that people would try to push that button in order to get their, in order to to, uh, manipulate you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I know that, that in in terms of when I when I do play with people, um, if I'm doing a physical scene, it's something that I make clear I need as part of that scene. I really 
um, appreciate things like honorifics or even if it's just somebody's name, I like knowing what I am to call them. Um, I make it clear to them that when I, when I am very happy, I'm, it's, I'm being told what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were, there were people who definitely tried to manipulate that, but generally they kind of were idiots with it. And it would be, you know, it's that thing that people joke about where like, they would like send me FetLife messages, um, and like tell me that I was their whore now. Um, I did have, <laughs> when I first found out about the BDSM community, um, I did have what I'll call like an internet dom or like a fake dom yeah. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and by the time I got to winter fire, I realized what that was and that ended. Um, so, but, but even that, I don't know if that was quite a manipulation or if that was just like kind of served the purpose that we both wanted, you know, we both wanted to have some of that in, yeah. in the extent and the capability that we could. So it's, it's sort of hard to say, like, I'm sure that yes, I'm sure that yes, people have tried to manipulate it, me with it. Um, has it worked? No, not really. <laughs> I wonder if it's because you were, because I've had people and I've, I know plenty of people, both men and women who've had, uh, who who have that itch? Maybe they can. Maybe it's obvious in their profiles, or maybe just how they care themselves. I have no idea. And I've uh, and there have been dominants who have put on a facade of some kind mm -hmm. in order to try to you know ha whether it's get money from them or uh, you know have sex with them or whatever it is. Um, I've seen that. I've seen that quite a few times. It, it, for for women, it, it appears to be you know the guys are putting on or girl whatever the dominant is putting on this act because they think that's that's exactly what you know it's the you're my whore now type of yeah. thing, right? Except <laughs> except uh, obviously maybe they're they're a little bit more adept at you know at, at triggering it. <laughs> You'd be surprised, right, actually. <laughs> and 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 with I mean I saw it all the time with women when I first came to New York. I, there, I would get messages where I'd meet someone at parties and they would identify something in me that was vulnerable mm -hmm. that they could manipulate. And it wasn't a matter of, oh, the hot dominant woman pushing my button so that she can sleep with me. It was the hot dominant woman pushing my button so that I would, you know, buy her a drink or, you know, do, you know, do something that, or, or you know, monetary. It was always monetary. It wasn't like, you try to coerce me to give me know. all your money. Right. I have I have no money, so if right. anybody tries to do that of, with me, that's, that's kind of how it worked with me. Right? <laughs> it was like, sorry, I, there's nothing I can do for you, and then the interest was gone, right? And that made me very bitter. They, but they weren't like, give me all your sperm. That would be nice. Plenty, <laughs> plenty of it. I had sperm coming out of my ears. There was so much of it. You but have sperm come out of your not ears? Not now. I'm in a relationship now. It's not backed up. I feel like you can make a lot of money if you videotape that. Sure. sure. Well, you know, I'm sure with Saad it's only a matter of time. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I, I, know, I know a lot of women who have, especially when it comes to Guys, I was just talking to a, a friend of ours recently, and this is something she wants to talk about when she's on, is uh, male dominance who, maybe not not really kinky, maybe they're a little kinky or something like that, but their entire persona, their entire interest in BDSM is purely to have wild sex, which, that's fine, right? But... They're, 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 it's an act. They're, they're, they're putting their dominance quote, you know, they're like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, King Louis or Joffrey or something, you know. <laughs> Lord 
dumbly dumb. Right, right. Or, yes. And where it's it's totally a way for them to manipulate, and it's totally for, a way for them to get what they want sexually. It has nothing to do, you know, any anything they do that's perceived as dominance is not because they're really into it, the dominance aspect. It's because they... And it's sort of misogynistic the way they the way it comes out, and and she's seen it a lot lately, and um, this is where actually uh, because she she had this really horrible mindset about male dominance. Almost mm-hmm. every male dominant she met was just a total douche, right? They were just total, you know, it, it was they were they weren't really kinky. Tell her to come down to DC. We've got great great guys down but there. But then she. <laughs> I told him, no, that's not true. There were people like Cornelius and Eric Pride that she met. Uh-huh. People who were, you know, down guys, and it, that wasn't their M.O. And, um, in fact, she recently said, you know, okay, you were right. These people, you're right. There are actually oh, good, good, guys. Good. Uh, but have you have you run into that very often? Like, in, in the scene? Not just, I mean, not on Fat Live. You can, whatever. Well, that's a different recap. I, I think that that's actually part of what brought me into the community. So before I really even knew a whole lot about what this was about or what I was drawn to. Um, I was basically like kind of dating idiots. Kind of dating <laughs> um, I was, da- I, yeah, dating assholes, right. um, assholes and idiots. That was, that was my, uh, my, my more recent dating history. Um, and I, I, that was actually part of what helped me when I, when I started to really look at why that was happening. Um, Cause I was seeing a pattern and the pattern was getting exponentially worse and worse yeah. and worse. And uh, when I looked at why I realized that it was because I did have such a craving to be controlled, um, which means that controlling people, men and women were like sniffing that out in me. And, and yeah, that, that I found, I found that that was something that, um, you know, I was I was sort of being taken advantage of in it before I knew what it was. Yeah. Um, then when I came into the community, I had sort of the dual safety net. So um, not only did, well, I, uh, we'll even say a, a, a three layer. So I had this illusion of this internet dom, um, which in my head at the time, of course, I was like, oh yes, this is it, this is perfect because. Yeah, I didn't know any better. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people. Would. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's part of why I referenced it because I think it's actually a, a very common thing. Yeah. Um, and so I had that. I had the broken leg, um, and I had uh, my my protector. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in terms of people approaching me for things, the leg itself ruled out just about anything. Like I was really. I was so broken that, you know, sex, play, all of that was for a long time, even if it wasn't off the table by like physical necessity, I was able to put it off the table just using that. Um, and then when I did start playing, um, I, I had very few like rules that my protector put on me, but they were all wonderful things. And it was things like at winter fire, I had my own hotel room and she told me that I could play with whoever. I just needed to let her know when I was having a play date, um, and who it was with and that I couldn't play in private so that I couldn't bring anybody back to my room, but I could play all I wanted out in like the dungeons and, and play spaces. Um, and by doing that, I was able to start to get some of that physical play, um, and get it with people who she had already kind of vetted or who I had gotten to meet at various things. Um, 
but in a very, in, in sort of that sense, it's not incredibly fulfilling where yeah. it was that like, okay, we're going to have a scene. Okay. The scene's over. Um, but that led to me forming friendships and a few play partners um, who kind of immediately became very protective of me. And I identify as a little. Um, so as you've been able to notice from the teddy bear and the pigtails that nobody else can see in the room, um, I, I've, I've been told and I've very clearly seen that I, I bring out in people either a little or a protector. Um, and so... And, and honestly, because of the bad relationships I had before I came into the community, I'm pretty sure I can sniff out an asshole a mile away. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so that probably helps. Like, in this roundabout way, yes, I've encountered those people. I have absolutely encountered them. I come across them. I come across them way too often. They don't get very far. So that, that for me is where it's like, yeah, I, I know that they're there, um, but kind of as soon as they're there, I just kind of shoot them out and shoot, put them under the radar. So, what, <laughs> that being said, there, a, a majority of women, let's say young, or even not even any aged submissive females, mm-hmm. when they first go into the scene, whether it's just on fet life or it's it's just whatever, they don't have a three you know three layers of protection, right? What advice do you have if someone said, I'm interested in getting a scene, how do I make sure I'm not getting taken advantage of? Um, I actually recommend not starting with play parties. Um, I think that uh, I, I have sort of a, a system to this. So there's, you know, outside of play parties in terms of the main major things that you can get involved in in the community to actually start building your community, um, because a lot of protection is going to come from you know, your friends and the people who you surround yourself with. Um, and so uh, there are munches, which are great, especially if somebody maybe is a little more introverted because you can go to a munch, which usually is sort of a specific group. And a munch is, you know, a, a lunch or a dinner or a brunch, a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally a munch is going to be based around a specific thing. So like DC, a really popular one is uh, like athletic and kinky or kinky and athletic. Um, and so it's, you know, all the athletic kinky people get together and, and eat what I'm assuming is a very healthy meal. And, um, There's just a big bowl of kale. They yeah. <laughs> Um, But, you know, at that, I think it's great if you have a very specific interest or maybe if you're a little more shy or introverted, because in reality, you can go to something like that and there could be there could be 60 people there. You're probably only going to talk to between two and four, um, the people who are sitting right around you. And there's a good chance that a lot of people at the much are fairly new already. Absolutely. And and the the facilitators are used to going up and introducing themselves at Mm -hmm. the whole point where they're doing it. So those are good Sometimes. Um, what I actually really recommend is that people go to happy hours. Um, so in, in the D.C. Baltimore area, we have Tuesday nights, D.C. TNG. Uh, Wednesday night is Baltimore TNG. Uh, and then Thursday night is the Dark Odyssey happy hour, which is also in D.C., um, meaning that you can spend the majority of your week with kinky people in a social situation where you can meet a, a large number of people, but it's a safe space. Yeah. So there are people who you know are running it who do want to make sure. Like again, I, I'm an ambassador for DCTNG. It basically means that like I try to talk to everyone. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I really like those because they're a great way to socialize and get to know a lot of people. And if you pick like one of them and go regularly, you're, you're always going to be seeing new people and having new experiences. Um, and that way you can form some relationships before actually forming like DS relationships or SM partnerships or relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so before putting, making yourself vulnerable, you're just kind of getting to know who's there and what's out there. And then the next thing would be education, which is so important all the time for everyone. Um, I was talking with uh, with my friend Lokai about this recently, um, about how, like, for me, if somebody tells me that they don't have anything else to learn, and it's not just about, you know, BDSM, but just in general, when somebody has written off education as being something that they need, they might still be an acquaintance, uh, but even putting them into, like, a real friendship category is difficult for me sure. because, like, of how their thought processes work. Um, and so the education, and that's something that in New York I'm finding, you know, last night I went to um, uh, Lee Harrington, moderated a panel about uh, BDSM and spirituality for Tess up here, which is great. Um, D.C., we have a huge rope community, Um huge like baltimore and frederick maryland especially um so there's a lot of that um but in general finding finding those educational events um those classes those programs and going to them because they're wonderful yeah um and so that's what i would really recommend i i I would recommend starting with non-play social it's a good idea activities that way there's no pressure absolutely and also you won't get your your even though you might want to just go and watch uh, it's very easy to get caught up in something. Apparently. Well, and this is a great way for you to meet people who, after you've like you know been there a few times and you've made a few friends, if you just want to go and watch, you have people to go with because yeah. nobody really wants to be the person like gawking at the scene alone. Um, and it gives you you know people who, if if you really want to be strict about just watching because that can be difficult to do, you can tell your friends, hey, I I truly just want to watch, and it's sort of like that, like hey, don't let me get too drunk tonight, sort of thing. Um, so, so, it's <laughs> such, such a woman only problem. <laughs> such a women. It's sometimes hard to just go to a play party and just watch, right? You're right. Yeah. Mm, I've, I've had that. What are you? T- yes. Well, no, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that like you can get to play, but you, you might want to, and that desire to, to play, um, you know, it, it's hard to watch people having these awesome great times and not get to be a part of it and like dc and new york vary in one way in regards to this which is where in the dc maryland scene if you're watching a scene uh you are more than welcome to stay out of that scene not interrupt that scene but if you want to like you know masturbate to the scene um because up here i found that there's like no penetration or masturbation at these at these public parties and that is very different. We're a very sex positive community. Um, well, it's not that they're not sex well, I, positive here. There's a freaking law. There's laws here. about it. Yes, right. yes, absolutely. I, I misspoke there, and I don't mean to. No, but I will say, I will say that if that that kind of translates, if you go to a private party, very rarely is there any sex because people are just that's what they're used to. Uh, right. Right. I've, I've heard that. I haven't been to any of the private parties up here, but I've heard that. Um, and so I'm. I'm very spoiled by the area that I live in and the community that I have because we have like Virginia is just off the table. Virginia laws are horrible. You can be like a 
it's illegal for a man and a woman who are not married to live together. I I believe, I'm not sure if it's still a law, but I believe that uh, oral sex within a heterosexual married couple is illegal. Right. Um, I'm sure there there are tons of laws. I'm saying like in New York, if there's a, if there's a play partner and they have any alcohol, they, you will get shut down. In fact, you know, you will it will get shut down, right? Well, and that's where that's where you you do have to be really careful. So, like in DC, we are we have a, a play space, but it's a members only club, yeah. um, and that's how they're able to legally function is by by having memberships. Um, Maryland is a lot more a lot more lenient. Um, I don't know the laws up there. I don't ask too many questions. Um, and that's where, like, we do the Kraken's Lair. Um, but but in both of those places, so like DC, Frederick, Baltimore. Um, if you do go and you're just watching and, and you aren't going to have a scene yourself, um, if you want to, like, you know, jack off into a paper towel you're watching the scene. I want to ask about this. <laughs> so you're telling me you're having a scene and some guy just starts yoking his yak, standing there next to the scene, starts jerking off. You're saying... That happens all the time. People are fine with it. Yeah, I mean, if somebody, like, if he's in the scene to the point that, that it's noticeable to the people who are having the scene, then that's a problem. Like, you still got to keep a proximity no matter what you're doing or who you are. So, um, uh, well, give me how many feet away is acceptable. Oh, God, I don't know. 20 feet? If he's 20 feet away? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And whereas here, that's just fucking creepy. That's just, <laughs> I mean, that is just, that is pretty creepy. Well, if there's a guy be. who's standing by himself... Or, or with a group of guys, whatever. If there's someone who's jerking off while watching someone else play, that's just. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. That's just creepy. Yeah, it can't. It can be creepy. Um, but there's. I don't know how it can. Few... How can it not be creepy? Put it that way. Well, part of it is the idea that, like, one, if if you're in a scene and you aren't noticing that the person's doing it, then you aren't going to be creeped out by it. Um, a, a big thing that I fell in love with when I came into the community and was actually at a. Fest Con. Okay, go on. Okay, so there's. No, go ahead. Um, Just go ahead. But yeah, I, I was at I was at it a just bigger very event. Funny. Fet yeah. Fest Con. Yeah, so really? Fet Fest is coming up in like two weeks, and Fet Fest Con is the pre Fet Fest. Um, ah. And I was at that, and um, this wonderful couple. Sorry, you, you should go to the Fest Fet Fest Con Munch, TNG. Fet Fest Con Munch TNG. That is really long name. No, no, no. <laughs> So there was a couple, you said. Okay, so there was a couple that was putting on this uh, queer village party. And so we went we went down to the bar. They were having this this party for the queer village. And um, I don't remember what I was doing that, like, attracted this kind of attention to me. But basically, they approached me, and they had a pinata and asked if I wanted to, if I wanted to be the one person who got to beat the pinata. And I got so excited. and was like, yes. And they were like, okay, well, before, before you do that, we have somebody who could paint your face. Do you want to have your face painted and I was like oh my god yes and so I got my face painted and he used glitter and then I got to go up and beat the pinata and I was like laughing so hard I couldn't break it and so somebody had to like come up and help me get the candy out and I was the only one who wanted candy so I I had like 10 pounds of candy that I passed out for the next like three months I was so excited and, and when this and they had like wrapped me and streamers and I realized at one point like I had no idea why these people were letting me do this, um, like no no freaking clue in the world. And I went to one of them um, and asked very clearly like why are you letting me do this? Um, especially because I was the only person who got to hit the pinata, mm-hmm. and as I realized later, I was probably the only person who wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the answer was because it made me happy. Um, and they told me that, you know, the, the community is about happiness. So for some people that's sex and for some people that's pain and for some people that's control and for some people that's food and for some people it's getting their face painted and beating a pinata and laughing so hard that they're crying. Um, and that really shaped how I view my community. Um, and so that's part of where it can be not creepy. If somebody but there is... there was a guy... So wait... So was there a guy jerking off while, while you did it? No, 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 no. I am looping back to it. Um, right. So there is still so a point where, to this. Is there a gas station we can hear in this? <laughs> there, is, there is still, there's, there's, a, there's a point. Okay. Um, I'm just giving you So <laughs> I'm well aware. Okay, <laughs> um, but so with, with the idea of it being about everyone's happiness um, or happy penis, <laughs> but now if, with it being about everyone's happiness, if somebody is a voyeur, um, and they really get off on watching other people have scenes, then they are happiest and they are the most turned on watching these scenes. And if they aren't getting involved in the scene, if they aren't interrupting the scene, if the people who are having the scene are not aware that that's what they're doing, then it's really not creepy. Yeah, it's creepy, like, like in theory, if you're watching it, to be like, oh, there's a guy whacking off. Really, what's so bad about somebody, like, masturbating to something that turns them on, especially in a, in a room full of, like, sexual situations? Uh, you know, I could give you a list. But uh, even with women, Saad and I were at a, we were at a play party once, and it was... Um, I'm sure she could have done it in a way that it was not creepy, but we were sitting there and we were, it was a very quiet room. This woman walks in and she just starts, we weren't fucking or anything like we were playing. It was a pretty intense scene, but this woman, uh, starts rubbing herself and going like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is so hot. Oh, Oh God. And completely took it and we're like, all right, how do we wrap this up in a way that it's not awkward? But see, that's her interrupting your scene. Um, and that, that for me, is a difference. That's her being vocal and being yeah. so loud that, like, it it interrupted what you two were doing. Yeah. Um, I had – I'm sure I've done this more than once, but I can actually only think of one time where I've masturbated watching somebody's scene. And it was uh, it was Mr. Sean. He was whipping a friend a friend of ours. Um, it was her birthday, and, and she's – like really fun to watch when she bottoms for Mr. Sean because she uh she gets like really like sort of feisty like oh yeah like that that hurts oh no it's just gonna turn me on and I'm sure what's happening hurts um but she just keeps reacting as if it's like adding to the intensity of her pleasure um and so I was watching the scene where she's she's like you know got her her hands you know her arms are up in the air she's you know, in um, cuffs, and he's whipping her with a single tail. And every time he hits her, she's, like, making these, like, moans, and her body is moving, like, super sensually. And then occasionally she'll turn around and, like, playfully kick at him and then, you know, try to wrap her legs around him. And then then he'll go back to whipping her, and she'll just – she's just standing there, like, just wiggling and – I was I was sitting I had come I had finished a scene with somebody and I was sitting uh, with my girlfriend, um, like 
Like it was, it was that total, total like moment of happiness where I had a piece of cheesecake in one hand and I had a, a glass of scotch in the other and I was being held by my girlfriend on like a leather couch um, and just in pure joy. And I was watching the scene and I was getting more and more turned on. And like, I turned around and I was like, Arabelle, can I touch myself? <laughs> and she just takes the scotch and the, the cheesecake out of my hands. And she's like, yes, baby, go for it. And so I'm, I'm masturbating watching these people who I love have this like really intense, really beautiful scene. I'm far, I'm far enough away from them. I'm in like a seating area. I'm not like up in where they are. Um, and like, I'm pretty sure and at one point, one of them realizes what's going on because I get the, this, like, you know, great big smile yeah. from both of them. Um, and it was so hot. And, like, after it was done and after you know, after it was all said and done, I, I, like, thanked them for this beautiful scene and told them. And they were – they had no issue with it um, because it didn't affect their scene at all. Yeah. Um, now, some people argue that, like, yeah, young female, like, you know, being quiet and, like, being held by another female and, like, doing this in the corner is different than the guy, like, whacking it in the middle of the room. But I, I was still I doing... I think some... I think, I think many people... But, but I think that there's sort of a problem with that, with that mindset. Like, I don't think that because of my body or my age, I really have any more or less right to to express myself in that way. And the difference is again, like the example that you gave was a woman um, is, does it interrupt the scene or does it, does it disturb the people again, that are involved you said in it? on the couch versus in the middle of the room? Yes. And I, th I, I think it's, it's how, how obvious is it that it's happening? That's the question. How okay. obvious is it that it's, that it's happening? So, that, that's, so that, that's where it would become like a scene in itself. If somebody is making it really apparent and that is for some people, some people are exhibitionists in sure. that way where, where it's a combination of a voyeur and exhibitionist and they, they want people to notice that that's yeah, what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I still don't really have a big issue with it um, because because it's a way for somebody to have a scene that may not have a partner. Um, and so I view that in a similar sense to maybe like, I know that this is probably going to sound like a big stretch, but like self-suspension. If you can have a scene by yourself that uh, is that is affecting the people who are watching your scene, but just like every other scene in the room, somebody can separate themselves from it. But there's a big difference. Self-suspension is not conditional on other people. Whereas the guy masturbating is watching and it's conditional on watching those people. Well, that's true, but it, I, I guess maybe there the difference would be You're that, You're not like, going to convince me. I'm sorry. But, Go ahead and try. I'm saying, no, it's different and it's creepy. That's all it is. <laughs> Done. So as we're recording this, you are, you're, you've been holding a teddy bear. Yes. Well, by the way, when we were setting this up, you would ask me a bunch of questions and one of them was whether or not you could be naked. <laughs> Were you serious or were you, was that a... Uh, yeah. You were um, serious? Yeah, I, I enjoy being naked. Um, it's definitely not anything that I have to be, but... Sure, being naked is... Except, I think in many uh, play parties, you know, that's... It's very... I, I, I was like, that's, no one's ever asked me that previously before. <laughs> I'm just... I, it's, it's one of those things like a switch, a switch was turned on for me. So, um, I... You know, I had, uh, you know, body issues, as so many people do. And um, I 
you know, would go to like events in, we'll say in the winter, indoor events and, uh, you know, take my clothes off for a scene and then put them right back on. Um, and then I went recently to Fusion, to Dark Odyssey's Fusion event, which is an outdoor event. Um, it's, it's one of a few that they do um, that Dark Odyssey does, but it's also one of a few that are done outdoors. Um, and I was able to be naked, like, pretty much all the time. And when I, when I came back, that was the hardest thing for me to adjust to. Like having of, clothes on again? Having clothes on again. Um, and I, I, like, immediately was just not happy about having to wear clothes. Um, and so it became where, like, as, you know, I, I go to, I'll go to a play party and I'll have some cute outfit on and I'll have a giant bag full of other cute outfits. And within, like, ten minutes, I'm naked or at least just in my underwear, um, you know, walking around. And that's become, like, very comfortable for me. Um, well, it's good that you're, com- it's good that you're comfortable. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome that you're comfortable. I mean, because I know tons of people who aren't comfortable, you know, even in in a, in, this, in a play scene being naked, you know. Um, but I was like, no one's ever asked. People have asked me in the pet, like, can I bring my slave with? And I'm like, sure. I said, but I'll say, but know that you're not, your slave is not going to get naked while here or we'll ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they'll, they'll say, or whatever. I was like, don't, as long as it doesn't interfere with the, interview and all that stuff and as long as they're not weird you know during the you go ahead and bring your slave that's fine you know but it, it's still people will sometimes they'll bring their person with or whatever and then the you know, I was interviewing a dominant woman recently and she brought her she said can I bring my slave with a shirt and it was clear she did not know this guy it was just she barely, she maybe barely knew him and he was just kind of awkwardly sitting in the corner so it's like this is fucking weird you know but I <laughs> And so I, I didn't know you. I didn't yeah. know you. So you're like, can I be naked? I'm like, what the fuck kind of crap? No, you can't be fucking naked. I don't know you. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Saad just to say, hey, I got this weirdo. Who wants to know? And she Some said, crazy lady. And she said, she said, um, she can only be naked if it's a religious holiday. And if it is a religious holiday, Tell her to come back when it's not a religious holiday. That was, yeah, when your answer is you can be naked for, if, if it's for religious purposes. Right, right. And I was like, no. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. I'm just helpful advice. <laughs> if you're going to go to someone's house you don't know, it's good that you asked. Yeah, see, and that's it. It's I'm just, saying, I'm saying you did the right thing. Well, thank you. Did the you. right thing. Thank you, yes, because otherwise, you know, who knows, I might have just sat down and immediately taken my dress off. Then again, um, on the flip side of this, if you found a job, you were, say, a door-to-door encyclopedia salesperson. Taking your clothes off might be a big benefit. They See, might be like, I'm exactly. going to buy something exciting. <laughs> no, I, I really, I enjoy it. It's something that, um, again, being surrounded by the people that I am, I'm very lucky in that um, since finding this, and, and I've also recently, you know, there's, there are naked pictures of me online. So if anybody does check out my fet life, you'll find them very quickly. Um, and we, we should pause for a second because people are going to your fet life profile right now. <laughs> And they're not going to listen. They're not going to hear the next few minutes worth of stuff. <laughs> let's just hold. Let's just you know have some water. I'll have some coffee here. We'll just. You can pause the uh, interview right now, and then when you're done looking at the naked pictures. All right, welcome back from looking at the naked pictures. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed them. I don't think that you're the creepy guy. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. There you go. 
Or girl. I'm sure there were some women. Ah, who, who please. Did as well. Um, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's something that, you know, I've, I've, I've really spoiled in a lot of ways by my community and by my family. Um, and, and if I refer to my family, I'm always talking about the, the chosen family, mm-hmm. um, where, uh, you know, there's in a lot of people's homes. So not just at play parties, but in a lot of people's homes, it's okay to be naked mm-hmm. or, or, uh, friends who require that of their submissives or of their partners. Um, and so it's definitely not like the way I am all the time. Um, but Do you it, like being naked? I like being naked. Sure, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this whole, this whole time you've been sitting here with the teddy bear. Yes. This whole time. Yes. Uh, what's the teddy bear's name? Rosette. Ro- wow. I thought it was going to be like a Floyd, but it Rosette. Rosette, yes. Um, you, you said you, you identify as a little yes. as well? Yes. Uh, I've had uh, people who are into age play on the show before. Mako is one person who has a podcast as well called The Big Little Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really identify or look at myself so much as an age player where it's not something that like comes into my scenes. I've, I've done a few scenes that have had, had that and um, a, a little bit, but uh, a little, little bit. Um, but really it's, it's for me like a, a very comfortable just state of being. So I'm really easily excited. I am very disorganized. I um, love making messes. Um, I adore being carried. Um, like there's something about that that is just well before I actually found the kink community, I found someone on Craigslist like years ago just to carry me around a park um, with like piggyback. Uh, like all sorts of ways. We spent like four hours and he was, you know, carrying me like, like a little kid. Like he would, he would have me up, you know, like, like almost baby style and then would drop my back. So I would be swinging from my legs Let's, and like putting me up in up. trees. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to back. <laughs> who, who posted the ad? Um, he is a youth minister. Oh, yes. Boy, this is um, all, okay. So as I found out later, um, because we became Facebook friends and stuff, um, yeah, I, I had seen this ad go up on on Craigslist, and at the at the time I was married, and I was like really confused about everything. Like I was I was really unhappy in my marriage, um, where it was a very like he was a very uh, traditional Christian, um, and uh, I, I had no idea what it was that I wanted. And so I started using, like, Craigslist as, like, this way of kind of poking into people's heads. Yeah. Like, what do they want? Yeah. Do I want any of that? What do they want? And it was normally, like, you know, casual hookups or whatever. Um, and I never, you know, like, responded to them. But then one day I saw this thing that was an ad for lifting and carrying. And it was a guy who posted it. Um, male or – like like he said, like, it could be male or female um, under a certain weight – um, and that it was absolutely not a sexual thing, and that if people wanted sexual contact in any way, just, like, to not respond. And so I had seen it and, like, didn't... How did he... I'm sorry. How, how, he, he said, I just want to carry you around? He just, is that... Pretty much, yeah. Okay. He was like, I want to lift and carry you. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there was more to it than that, like, probably some examples, but it was very much like, I just want to carry you around. Um, and I saw it, and I, like really didn't know what to think about it and so I didn't respond to it and way later I'm I'm sure he must have like it was so long that he must have reposted it because you know way later months later I responded to it um 
and was really honest, like, hey, I have no idea what about this is interesting to me, but it's an experience. And so, you know, like, I want to meet you in, like, a park. I originally was actually going to take a friend with me and wound up going by myself. Um, So we we went to, like, a very popular park in the middle of the day. Um, And within, like, 10 minutes, I was sitting up on a tree branch. So you meet. Uh Uh-huh. And you just say, hey, how are you? And then he's like, can I carry you? Yeah, yeah, like we had like, you know. Um, he didn't explain. Hi, hi, I'm Iris. Hi, I'm so-and-so. We, we got into more of it, like as, as the day went on. And actually, I wound up finding out a lot more about this like culture of lifting and carrying. I had, I've never um, heard of this Yeah, before. it's because it's not, it's not a big thing. I was really surprised on FetLife because I, it's, it's, one of, it's one of my fetishes on, on FetLife. And there's something like, you know, like 70 people that, that had it as a fetish. And that's the same amount as, as the bubblers where like I have a picture of myself blowing bubble gum and found out that there are bubblers and their kink is watching people blow bubbles with bubble gum. There's, there's about as many bubblers as there are like lifters and carriers from what I can tell. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm laughing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you asked me about little, and this is where we're going. Yeah. Bubblegum and carrying, okay? Okay, go. <laughs> but yeah, so... Wait, wait, give me a, okay, continue. <laughs> but yeah, so, so we, you know, we met, introduced, uh, and, and it really was like, okay, is it okay if I, if I, if I carry you? And he, it started with him, like, just carrying me, and then found a tree branch and he just like put me up in the tree branch and this is you know when I look at when I look back on it there is so much about the like you know the loss of control and like um being very dependent on somebody and having to trust somebody of course somebody I met off the internet two minutes ago who's like you know posting to carry people um but we wound up spending hours just hours of doing this Um, you would think this person would find a job working in a hospice or something where they're they have to lift and carry people. You know, maybe, but it, then you've got to wonder, you know, if if doing what you love most as your job is a smart idea. Maybe. Um, maybe but, it's too much of a good thing. Or maybe it's where you stop loving it so much. Right. That's true. That's true. That's something that, um, like, you know, I, I have some friends who have been, like, heavily involved in kink for years and years and years and who... Um, aren't anymore or at least they're still involved but not like as professionals so they aren't like making porn anymore because it it became a job it took the fun out of it back to the guy in the park (laughs) we're not doing that yet (laughs) try as i might how long did you walk around how long did you walk around how long did he walk around carrying you was this like an hour or how long no it was it was much longer um we met in the afternoon we probably spent about five hours together and probably the last hour of that was like we went to like a McDonald's or something and like sat down and he showed me a bunch of lifting and carrying videos where like people have made videos of themselves like bench pressing other people. That for me, that for me isn't what it is. I really like the like kid carry thing um, being kind of thrown around. I have I have an awesome, awesome person in my life. Um my friend Daniel, uh, who is like strong man, he's arrogant slut. <laughs> and like this discovery one day that like like he would carry me around and I would giggle profusely and we would just like run around play parties with him like carrying me around and me giggling and we both get this like joy out of it for some unknown reason. <laughs> Was back to the guy. <laughs> 
was this the only time he carried you? Yes, yes. We actually... Um, he didn't ask again? He didn't like, hey, can I carry you again? He he left that up to me, and I, you know, I don't really know why I didn't do it again. Um, I think because it, I really, really enjoyed it, but, like, it sort of weirded me out that I enjoyed it so much. Um, and then I actually ran into him a couple years later, like, at his place of work and that was weird where like i was leaving somewhere um and i don't even want to say like what type of work it was because UPS, it was such a something lifting and carrying <laughs> no not at all right. um and like i was leaving somewhere and like this person like pops up from behind the counter and is like hey oh hey bye <laughs> um but no yeah it was it was one time um and again, I think the main reason for that was I didn't understand it. And, it, and like a lot of other things, um, until I kind of became okay with myself, period. Sure. Um, like to where I, I, I sort of had to become okay with everything about myself. Uh, that was one of the things, like the more traditional things, uh, you know, um, the rough sex and the, the control issues or desires which is really the the change in thinking that made me a little scared to pursue it again okay let's talk about the lifting carrying scene are there is it like some some communities depending on the the area you'll have uh, a disproportionate number of dominance and submissives so you have a lot of dominance and not enough submissives or vice versa right oh i don't actually know about the lifter to carrier ratio so you don't know if there's like there's tons of lifters. No, I just no I just basically like. Or, I mean, there's pe- no pe- no because I haven't I haven't ever sought out the like lifting and carrying community. I have my community. I have my family, and like people will carry me if I ask them to, and if they are able bodied, and if they want to. Based on the lingo, because just like any 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 scene has its own lingo. What are the people who are being carried known as? Oh, I don't know. Again, you don't know I, anything about no, it. No, no, no. I just know that, like, I met this one person, and that was his thing. And, and he it wasn't like he hadn't put together that it was any sort of kink or fetish. It was just that's what he liked to do. But he's on Craigslist uh, Casual Encounters for it. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, and... If it wasn't like a service, medical service, hey, I'm training for, you yeah. know... No, yeah, no. so I don't know. I don't know, like, the ins and outs of the lifting and carrying community. I just know that, like... As a little... You enjoy it. I enjoy it, yeah. and I enjoy it to the point that it makes it makes some of my friends very happy to be able to do that, because I am giggling and grinning like an idiot. Follow-up question. Yes? Bubblers. Bubblers! You said there are bubblers. You're, you're looking at me like, oh, God. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, yeah. it's yet another thing that I only have sort of a glimpse into. Cause the, I, your glimpse... Is a shining light more than I've ever experienced. It's true, and I only know about it uh, recently. So I had done my first like kinkier naked photo shoot um, with this guy, Most Exalted, who like came down from West Virginia for a weekend, and it was the first like I had gotten a million of those Fet Life messages, like let me take your picture, and then I get this yeah, one. Yeah, I know exactly what that. I have no idea what you're talking. There, there are people who just email women just saying, let me take a picture? Absolutely. And oh. some of them are photographers and some of them are people with phones and dicks and who they think that they can put, like, their camera phone together with a dick and, like, you know, somehow make you interested in being part of that whole thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, I found this... This guy found me. He had amazing work. And so I got really excited. And he told me that I could make the shoot whatever I wanted. Um, 
And so I, I thought through all these different things that I could do, and I decided that what I wanted to do was play in Mr. Sean's dungeon, because he has this incredible uh, dungeon. A, a, a large number of my pictures actually on FetLife are in there. Um, and so he got there and was like, okay, so how are you going to play in here? Like, it's it's just you? Like, do you want me to be involved in this? Do you have, like, sure, a friend you want to be involved in this? That. And do you want I, me to be involved? And I was oh. like, no, I'm I'm ready to play. And like, I dump out this bag, and I've got like Candyland, and you know, bubble gum, and my teddy bears, and rubber ducks, and um, and one of the things, one of the things that he took pictures of was me blowing bubbles with the bubble gum. And um, when I put up the pictures, at one point I, I posted that one, and I had it as my profile picture for a while, and somebody, um sent me a message. It actually, it started with like some likes and then I started getting these messages and it was from these bubblers and they're like a small community of every message that I've gotten from a bubbler has been incredibly nice. I'm sure. Incredibly polite. Um, very grateful that there's a picture of an adult, a clothed adult blowing a bubble. Um, I've talked to them about, you know, some of the things that they like about it. And it's things like, you know, your mouth makes a heart shape and you can see it through the bubble. Um, and I, I really understood it on the messy side. I, I'm really drawn, I'm, I'm drawn to intensity when it comes to scenes, but like silly and messy are wonderful. And so, um, when I started getting these messages from bubblers and, and, they would ask me about like what's the biggest bubble you've ever blown. I'd be like, I have, how do you even measure that? And my response would be like, like what's the biggest mess you've ever made with bubble gum? And they would blow a giant bubble, have it splatter all over their face, and then take a picture of it and be like, this is for Iris. And like put on this picture. So, so every scene has its creepy guy version. And in this scene, but because it's so nice, it doesn't come out as creepy. What's the biggest bubble you've ever blown? Yeah, I That's mean, their version of a creepy. And like, did they ever ask you like, is it bubbleicious or is it what kind of? Oh, I've had a, I've had a number of discussions about the type. I'm going to send you a crate of Bazooka Joe. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make good bubbles, does it? And I've thought about doing um, and I had a lot of things planned for fusion. I, I really. Um, was so excited about it that I did a million awesome things. Like I was a human pinata. How many people can say that? Um, and one of the things that I had wanted to do and that I may try to do at, at an event like Fet Fest, another outdoor event, um, or, or maybe just because I kind of want it to be closed because a lot of the bubblers, like that's, they aren't really about like the naked part of it. Um, but I want to have a bubble gum blowing contest where everybody who's involved is okay with their picture being taken because there aren't many bubblers and there aren't many pictures of people blowing bubbles. And... I smell internet business. <laughs> I'm serious. There are. I'm not. I'm not joking. This is not. A, I mean, preface this. Even though I'm smiling, this is not a joke. I guarantee you. Let's just Google it. <laughs> My thought was just that they're really nice. So to all you bubblers out there, thanks for being such a nice group of people. Let's see. Look adventure up, Time Porn, Bubblegum Casting Porn. Bubbling. Or bubblers. But I think it's called bubbling when it's... But again, it's not like... It's like people blowing bubbles. <laughs> That's the extent of it. Bubbling. 
this is Mormon porn. Oh, this is this is bubbling. When they when they take the, you take an image of people clothing, but you put bubbles around it so it looks like they're actually so, naked. So it's like holding up a piece of Swiss cheese. Yeah, so you see here, like here she's clothed, but here she, oh, there she looks naked. Yep, totally yeah. different. Totally, totally different. different. Uh, you may need you may need to find it on FetLife. Like it may be that obscure that you can't even find it with a Google search. I can. That you know, that's the thing. You you have to find out the exact phrasing mm-hmm. because you could start a membership site, and all you'd have to do is. Chew bubblegum all day and retire. That'd be great. I'm not going to charge you a dime for this idea. You could retire early. Now, don't any of you out there that are listening to this go stealing this. Because this is going to be my bread and butter. (laughs) This is going to put bubblegum on the table, damn it. You'll be able to say, you know, you'll go to your accountant and like, well, what's this uh, $15,000 for bubblegum? You're like, oh, it's a tax write-up. It's business expense. It's business. Business expense. All right. <laughs> but thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me so much. Again, you can find her on Twitter and on FetLife. Iris Enchanted, one word, all lowercase. She was very, very insistent that I say all lowercase. And um, yeah, uh, coming up, we have Midori in a couple weeks. That's going to be a really good one. We've got uh, uh, my friend Ariana. Holy crap, just there's lots of people coming up on the podcast. And uh, don't forget to donate if you want to keep it going for another year. Thank you again. Massacast.com. We'll talk to you later.